Thanks for watching this episode of Turning to Him. I invite you to just take a few seconds right now at the beginning and subscribe to this channel so that you can get more videos like this in your feed. Thanks again. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Turning to Him. My name is Zach Batty, and I am here with Nathan Gavundian. Uh, Nathan was born and raised in California, uh, has a podcast called Called to Serve Podcast, and is the best-selling author of the book Finding Your Why. And when he's not doing those things, then he's spending time with family or reading books or hitting the gym. So between that uh, busy schedule, Nathan, thanks for spending time with us. Yeah, of course. I appreciate you and what you're doing with the podcast and taking the opportunity. Well, giving me the opportunity to to jump on here. Sure, you bet. Uh, where'd you grow up in California? I grew up in the Bay Area. So about an hour, a little more than an hour, depending on the traffic, east of San Francisco. Okay. Yeah, boy, with, with you say California traffic at an hour, in my mind, that means you live like five minutes away from <laughs> San Francisco. Well, without traffic, it's about an hour. So okay. like with traffic, yeah, you you might be, you know, a few hours there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Northern California then. I mean, Northern-ish, San Francisco. Yeah, it's like, yeah, about three hours north of the center. So not super north, but yeah, not south. Okay, very nice. Um, and do you still live there? No, actually my wife and I, um, we're in Idaho Falls now. Okay. So I would suspect that's a little bit of a culture shock. Uh, to say the least. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Is is your wife from Idaho? So she's actually, her dad was in the military, so she's kind of been all over the place, but yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting because I was going to BYU Idaho for a little while and and I had siblings going there and my parents were just like, well, if we want to be closer to family, it's, it's looking like they're going to end up in that Idaho Falls, Southeast Idaho area. And so they just figured, well, let's just move up there and and they, they really like it. So. Oh, good. Good. Well, hopefully you like it too. Uh, yeah. At least it grows on you. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the only thing is just driving in the snow, you know, just trying to still still work on that art. Yes, <laughs> it is an art. It is an art for sure. Uh, yeah, I can remember on my mission, I served in Minnesota. And oh, yeah. I had uh, a couple of California companions. And, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of the, the unofficial rule was, look, if you had been in the area longer, you got to drive. You were the driver. But there were a couple where we said, hey, look, Elder, I, I grew <laughs> up in, I was raised in Utah, so... I think it would be better for everybody if I just <laughs> drove this time. And they were they were gracious to allow that. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, hey, I'd I'd be in that same boat. Yeah, it was fun. Um, okay, so I'm assuming, well, actually tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up for you. Well, I was actually homeschooled, which okay. is a fun fact. Um, but that it kind of explains a lot about why I like certain things that I do. Um, you know, I'm I'm a, a bookworm. I like to say a self-professed bookworm. And uh, yeah. So, I mean, growing up for me was a lot of it was just, you know, the homeschool thing where a lot of people think when you're homeschooled, you, your parent is your teacher. And when you're young, that's that was the true, pretty much true for me. But you got to a certain point when I was really, it was really just like, here's a, a math book. It explains all the principles in it that you need to know about algebra or whatever. If you have any questions, I'm here. Yeah. Or, you know, you have YouTube or whatever, but you got to learn this stuff. So 
that's kind of what it turned into, which was really good. And that has actually helped me a lot to be able to nowadays, like when I have something like, Oh, I really want to learn how to do this because I have that background or because I was raised that way. It's, it's easier for me to be like, okay, well, let me just go find a book about it and find, you know, some YouTubes or find a a masterclass or something where I can just learn it. And that's kind of how I learned how to write books and how I learned how to market books and publish them and all that stuff. And same with the podcast is like, I have no idea what, what I'm doing here. And about a, I know God does and B I know he can teach me. So yeah, that's kind of a little bit of the background that I have. That's interesting. Yeah. You're the second person to tell me in, in a not very long period of time that one of the skills that you pick up when you're homeschooled is not just learning, but how to learn Hmm. and how to, how to teach yourself things like that, how to glean information. That's, that's pretty interesting. Um, how big was your family? I have five siblings, so not super big, but not super small either. Sure. And where are you in those siblings? I'm the third of six. So one of the middle. Okay. Yeah. So, so growing up in California, you're, you're one of two middle children in a family of uh, eight people, six kids. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you guys do growing up? What do you do in the spare time? Well, my, so I, I, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So we were, obviously we were homeschooled, but my dad, he has always been an HVAC. So in California, you know, you don't really have two, your winters are mild. So, yeah. so you're not really using your, your air conditioner, your furnace too much. And so that was the busy season for him was the summer. So we, like most people, they take summer vacations. A lot of times we would take fall vacations or okay. autumn vacations because a we you know, we could, we could adjust our schedules as needed for school and, it worked out with his work schedule. So a lot of the times when we would do fun things as a family for more than just an evening or going out to dinner, we would, you know, we'd go to the beach for a little while, um, either stay at a hotel or rent out a little beach house or something and just, just hang out. Or we did go to Disneyland a couple of times, you know, the classic California mm-hmm. thing. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, and my dad was also a business owner for a good portion of, of my life. And so that's played a big, had a big impact on me and, and my decisions and considering different things, um, which, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, especially starting a business and and you might be able to relate to this, you know, you're, you're really busy and there's a yeah. lot of things going on. And so he was also a Bishop for a while. So com- combining those two things, like I didn't see my dad a ton, Unless, you know, I went to church or like all these things. Like I, I did see him, but it was usually like, hey, let's let's late night bowl of cereal type situation, you know, something like that. Just. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So busy household. Yeah. Um, off schedule vacations, which is probably fantastic. You, you know, yeah. Not was, during the busy season at all. Yeah. It was nice. Uh, so you mentioned your dad was a bishop. Uh, were you raised a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? I was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in California, that uh, again, in, and in the San Francisco area, geographically, how big was your ward? Geographically, it was it was good size. Um, there were definitely some that were bigger. It was interesting. Our stake was actually really big. There were at some at one point there was, I mean, there was about twelve wards, and it covered. 
pretty big radius. That's why moving to Idaho was was kind of a, a shock. Where I was like, "Wow, two streets, or, or like three <laughs> streets, or, you know, something like these, yes. these crazy." It's like, "Oh man, this is like it's it's really cool, but it's it's also like really weird because I'm just yeah. not used to it." <laughs> so, but yeah, it was geographically it was it was much bigger than than I'm seeing here in Idaho. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, growing up, I assume based on your podcast, I assume that your mission played a major role in your life. It did. Yeah, it really at did. What, at what point did you decide that you wanted to serve? I mean, I'd always planned on it in one way or another. I always just kind of had the thought in the back of my mind, well, I, if I don't go serve, I'm not really sure where I would be. You know, I just, it was just always kind of there. I, it didn't really become real until I went to school. I went to school first for a couple of semesters, which really helped. I had five of my roommates, I went to BYU Idaho. And so five of my roommates were return missionaries. Okay. So obviously, you know, when you're marinating in that energy, <laughs> I'm always talking about, Hey, like, you remember this companion, this, this story, like you're just, it, yeah, it just happens. So that, that really helped actually get me more prepared for it and i took mission prep up up at byu idaho which really helped as well um but but for me yeah it didn't really become real until i left home for a little while yeah yeah really got out there um so if i may ask how old were you when you first started serving i was let me think about this for a second i was 18 18 okay Mm -hmm. so Okay. So my guess then is that because of homeschool, you, you graduated a little earlier and then went and did some semesters at uh, BYU, Idaho. Right. Yeah. And my, my birthday was a little bit, I mean, the way it's set up, I was pretty much always the youngest. Yes. Kid in all my seminary classes and all that. Cause I, I, I'm an October birthday. So yep. the way it worked out. Yeah. I was the youngest. So I turned 18 actually at BYU, Idaho. Okay. Okay. During that first semester. Um, all right. So you go up there, you're just surrounded by return missionaries. You have no hope of escaping at all. Exactly. Yeah. That's beautifully yeah. stated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, really it just, it just solidifies what you'd always wanted to do. It sounds like what, what your path was always, did you have older siblings that had served? I did. Yeah. Both my older brother and older sister served. Okay. So did you submit your papers from BYUI? I did, yeah. My during my second semester. Yeah, I think I got my call in February of 2018. Now you're young enough. I assume this was via email. Um actually no, it was it was one of the last that was really that was through yeah, the actual letter. Yeah. Okay, so walk us through that as far as you're away at school and you get a letter. Do you wait? Do you Zoom call with your parents? How does that work? So I, I remember actually, so I got it. And then I believe it was later that evening. Uh, we just planned on getting a bunch of people together, getting on the zoom call or a, a Skype, whatever it was at the time. And then just, yeah, just opening it with a bunch of people. It was pretty exciting. Where did you get called to, to where did you get called? <laughs> Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. Yep. Fantastic. Uh, what were your thoughts? Well, it was interesting because so I remember distinctly earlier that day, I went with some friends and we were playing racquetball just on campus. And I remember walking, we were walking in the the heart building for those that know or are familiar with, with the campus. 
But I just had this thought. It's like, I'm either going to go to Ogden, Utah or New Mexico. And <laughs> I, I, it was it was kind of funny because I, I wasn't surprised. Funny enough, whenever I opened my call and saw that. But then I saw Spanish speaking. I was like, oh, wow. Nice. Okay. Oh, Spanish speaking. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, well, we're going to. We're going to struggle, but it's going to be, it's going to be good. Did you have any language training before that? About two weeks. Okay. So you never studied Spanish growing up? Not really. I mean, because the way, the way my high school worked, I did take Spanish, but the way it worked is I could set my own deadlines and I just wanted to bust it out. And so I just crammed for like two weeks and I was able to finish the whole Spanish program <laughs> in two weeks. <laughs> okay. And did I remember any of it? Well, not really. I mean, <laughs> but you got so. the credit, doggone it. Exactly. It I mean, got the diploma, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. So you have a crash course in Spanish. You go to the MTC and you got to learn Spanish. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was interesting because I was placed in a district with people that had, I mean, okay, most people I feel like take Spanish for a year or two anyway, right, right. but that was pretty much everyone in my, in my district had taken like a couple years or a few years of Spanish. And here am I, I'm just thinking to myself, wow, I'm, I'm way behind. So I just grind. I'm like during my, when I was in the MTC, you can ask anyone that remembers me from the MTC if they do it's like I was always studying yes. Spanish and I feel like I mean that's not uncommon I feel like for most missionaries you know you feel you're overwhelmed and so you want to really put the pedal to the metal and yeah, just yeah. go but but yeah yeah I think a lot of people find a new gear in the MTC yeah so mm-hmm. okay you get to uh, New Mexico and what's it like? It was warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, coming warm. from Idaho. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it was warm. And so, cause I got there, my first day in the field was actually seven 11. Okay. 2018. So it was, it was July and it was the summer. Um, I got there we spent the night at the mission home. Yeah, at the mission home. That's right. Spent the night at the mission home. And then the next day, we got our transfer assignments. And I was actually assigned to go down south to El Paso, Texas. So pretty much on the border of Mexico. Yeah. Which I was not sure what to expect. Okay. But I was excited. Um, and yeah, so it's like a three, four hour drive. Just, you know, the anticipation, just building. And then, yeah, get there. Met my trainer. <laughs> I remember that that night. I, you know, the, those classic stories where it's like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, the best two years, right? Where it's yeah. Elder Calhoun's just like, that ain't the language they taught me in the MTC. <laughs> you know, it's like, yes. it, it was a similar experience where I, I, we were sitting in a lesson. And I was like, man, these you guys are talking really fast. And I, I might be able to pick out one word here or there, like maybe the first word and potentially the last one. But yeah, it's, it's just crazy. I was like, wow, I am in over my head. <laughs> were, were your, was your brain just completely exhausted to the point where you got physically tired? 
It, um, you know, I think that's a pretty good, pretty accurate description of it. Yeah. I, I have multiple regrets in my life, but one of them are when, so when I was a priest, um, we had Spanish speaking missionaries. And so I went out on exchanges with them or joint teaching. And I didn't know that they were Spanish speaking beforehand. And, you know, I was just like a 16 year old kid. And I can remember sitting there during a discussion and it was just, it was nice and warm and they're oh, yeah. Spanish. And I zonked out so hard in the middle of this, just like out, like, <sighs> I remember getting woken up and be like, oh my gosh, I just like, do they kick you out of the church for that? I just slept through a discussion. That feels very wrong. So, yeah. Listening to another language all day, every day. I can't imagine how tired that must make you. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I definitely have one in particular, just this really distinct memory where I was just sitting there struggling to keep my eyes open. And as a missionary, you know, it's even <laughs> yes. worse. Yes. <laughs> it's even worse because as a, as a priest, you know, you're just, you're just there for one day, you know, you're just yeah. temporary. Right. But, but as a missionary, it's like, here for six weeks, maybe three months, maybe longer. And so it's like, yeah, yeah, it's a struggle, but sure. I feel like, I feel like almost at any point I, I can, I don't, I don't know if it's a, a superpower or a, a really big weakness, but like, <laughs> I feel like I can almost fall asleep anywhere. And I think that's, that's probably most parents though. Sure. Sure. <laughs> okay. All right. So you get there. I assume eventually you start picking up the language. Right. And of mm -hmm. course, you know, in conversations like this, and I, I always tell this to my kids too, a lot of times with the mission, all you hear about are the funny stories or the the neat stories or the gross food stories or things like that. And it's because the sacred stories are sacred and they're special. And right. you don't just whip those out at a party and be like, hey, this one time we felt the spirit so strong. It was great. Uh, <laughs> you know, so crickets, you're trying to try to reiterate like, the mission is a really amazing, fantastic experience. And yeah, a big chunk of it, at least my experience, a big chunk of it is a little bit boring. Big chunk of it's mm -hmm. a little bit hard. Uh, there's some funny stuff. There's some great stuff, but there's a whole lot of sacred stuff that you don't really hear about. Right. So, but, but I mean, you started a podcast kind of focusing on that, which I think is so fantastic because a lot of people um, don't know what a mission is about or what a mission is like. So. Was there something on your mission or at some point did you start to realize, hey, this is something special. This is this is changing me. Yeah. Yeah. It was I was about eleven months out. I was still in El Paso, Texas. But I had kind of hit the point where the language was was pretty pretty I'm not gonna say easy, but it, it was coming. You know, it was coming. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I, I feel like I I feel like I could communicate more or less without really trying to go around the picture, beat around the bush yeah, right? yeah. with all these words, you know, use the words I know as opposed to the words I don't. But but yeah, so things were coming. I was getting the hang of things, getting the hang of teaching. My companion and I, we got along really well, and nothing was happening in the area. You know, we weren't able to really find people that were really ready, really wanting to listen to us. And I started to get a little discouraged. And and maybe I'm sure recording that maybe a, a lot discouraged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I 
trying to remember because my one of my roommates got word of it. I think it was through one of I think it was through my older sister because she was at BYUI and kind of in that friend group at the time. But I got a letter from one of my old roommates. And in the letter, he said, Nate, you had great reasons for going on a mission. But now you got to figure out why you're going to stay on the mission. Mm. And for me, yeah, up to this point, I, I had thought about, you know, hey, I'm going on a mission because of this, like because it's a priesthood duty type thing. But I never really internalized my why and realized that it was my 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 motive or my desire, the reason why I'm doing something. I never really thought about it being more of a living thing where I needed to remember it often or keep it keep it fresh, so to speak. And and so it really hit me. I was just like, wow, what am I? Yeah, why why am I here? You know, like I I could throw in the towel anytime, but why why am I going to stay here, a representative of Christ, full time, giving my everything to Him? Why? And yeah, so it was kind of that moment of soul searching yeah. really impacted me, and and it took a little while. You know, it takes time. To I was going to ask that. Yeah. How, yeah. I assume that you didn't finish reading the letter and go, oh, yeah, I never thought about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I know <laughs> yeah, my why. That's my okay, great. Yeah. So, no, like, it, it took you, some. What did you do? Yeah. No, it took some time. And, and for me, it just, in a lot of ways, it made my personal studies way more meaningful. Right. Because when you study with a question or you have a specific purpose in mind, especially when it's personal to you it's it means so much more and you're just way more active just it just plays a way bigger role because as you're trying to you're you have that hunger and that's what i had and it took a little bit of time like i said but i just through digging the scriptures reading conference docs just the the day-to-day things you know the small and simple things that we're counseled to do on a regular basis just doing them in a more meaningful way I think allowed me to find at the time it was president Nelson's talk. I think it was from 2019, I believe April. It was the one that he talked about the, the fires in California, the pair in paradise, California, okay. yes, yes, where he talks about, there was that first responder, right? He was out helping people. And all this time in his mind, he had that question, where is my family? Mm-hmm. And I thought about that and I was like, man, that's my why. That's why I'm here. Like, you know, I, I've got, like my family, like we're, we're all good. Like, you know, we're like, obviously, you know, I'm not trying to say all is well in Zion type of thing, sure, right? sure. but we're, we're sealed. You know, we have the gospel. We're striving every day to do better and be better and turn more and more to Christ. But, but I'm out here to bring other families who don't have this knowledge. These other individuals who don't have this together so that whenever they do pass on they don't have to ask the question where is my family they'll know boom my family's my family's here yes and so that's that was kind of my and and it really still is at the heart of of what i do now even um but that really really helped carry me through a good portion of the rest of my mission and uh yeah i like to use a comparison in looney tunes with you know daffy duck all the energy bouncing off the walls like once I figured that out, I was just, man, let's do this. Like, yeah, let's do it. Well, and I really like how you said that you found your why by doing the same things that 
that we all know we're supposed to be doing, but just with a greater intensity or just with a different focus. I had a stake president that would often say, and I'm I'm putting words in his mouth, but look, we're all very busy. So mm. let's not do more. Let's just do different. Mm. And so that idea of, yeah, we're the answers to your questions are found in prayer, in scripture study, in going to church, in maintaining and keeping your covenants and things like that. It doesn't, it doesn't take, okay, I'm I'm gonna do a four-day fast, you know, especially <laughs> I think a lot of times with missionaries, just because we're so new at that point, we're so charged up with the gospel. You know, I you know, I can remember missionaries being like, I'm gonna sleep in the bathtub until I get a baptism. Okay, elder, I don't I don't know that that's the sacrifice the Lord is looking for. I think <laughs> I think he's more looking for your sacrifice your agency or you sacrifice your will. You know, yeah. like, let's just do what we've been asked to do, but do it better. And that's yeah. so I love that. I love that that's how you found your why. That was your turning point. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of power in that because if you think about it, I mean, there's a reason why we're counseled to to go to the temple often. You know, we're counseled to pray multiple times a day, have a prayer in our heart, right? Recite the scriptures, like just like all the things you were just sharing. Like there's a reason why. And and no, I don't I don't always know the reason or, or if maybe I know in the back of my mind, but it's not at the front of my mind when I'm when I'm doing them. And that's when I need to take a step back, try to find that eternal perspective and realize like, hey, how can I do this differently? You know, like like what you said. I think that's yeah. I think that's awesome. You know, we don't need to necessarily do more, but we just need to do it differently. I think that's powerful. Okay. So you have this, this turning point in your mission. How does your mission change? After that? I mean, you, you said that you were charged up, you had a, just a drive and an energy. Yeah. I, it really, I feel like it gave just a lot more power and meaning to what I was doing. You know, I wasn't just going through the motions, but even the little things had meaning, you know, even just the simple thing of going on a run in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, like realizing, Hey, this is going to help me help other people find their families, you know, and, and be with them forever in, in yes. one way or another, it's going to help them because it's just, it was just really cool to see just how much something almost seemingly insignificant, you know, from the outside view of just like, Oh, you're doing the same exact things. You know, you just, you just did a personal study. But, but it's really inside the change that happened that made such a big difference. Just like I said, just not just going through the motions anymore, but yeah. And, and, I, and I'd like to say, Hey, then that, that very day we found someone and we, you know, they, they wanted to get baptized. Right. But it didn't, it didn't happen like that. Like it's, it's the chances of that. I mean, okay. We're not going to talk about chances. If God wants it to happen, <laughs> it's going to happen. Right, right. 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 But, but that wasn't the case. And so. But I mean, it eventually, you know, we did have some success and it was success in that sense, right, as well. But but it was more than anything, it just gave more meaning to the things that didn't have meaning before or didn't yes. have much meaning. Yeah. Uh, I, I forget the exact scripture, but it talks about where when we turn our hearts to God and we start to obey, God doth bless us immediately. Mm. A lot of times, I like how you said, in this case, the immediate blessing wasn't a baptism. The next door I knocked on, they were golden and it was ready. No, it's not. But the blessing was greater drive. And that happened immediately. Right. The, the blessing was, and 
And a lot of times we misjudge that where we say, look, I want to pick whatever it is in your life. I was flat broke and I I gave my tithing te- check to the bishop and I wanted the immediate, like I wanted to walk home and find a $500 Walmart gift card in my mailbox, but I didn't. So I guess I wasn't blessed immediately. Well, no, you were just in a different way than what you were looking for. Maybe you were blessed with humility. Maybe you were blessed with hard work. Maybe you were blessed with whatever. Maybe the car should have broke down, but it didn't. Um, but but there is always an immediate blessing when we choose obedience and when yeah. we choose to serve God. Yeah, so, I know that's true. All right. Um, this, though, clearly had an impact on your entire life, not just on on your mission. So how do you walk us through that transition? I'm going to make an assumption here that you were a, a fantastic missionary. Walk us through that transition because for a lot of people, myself included, the transition from missionary to non-missionary was a really difficult one. Like that was a tough time. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it was interesting because I, my mission was actually cut short by about, just by about a transfer. So about six weeks because of COVID. Okay. I, was part, I was part of that. You know, Hey, if you've been out 21 months or more, you're done. You Thank you for it. your service. Yeah. You're, you're going to go home. I called it the COVID offload. <laughs> so they could make room for the the foreign missionaries coming in. Yes. Um, and it makes sense. And I know it was inspired, but but it was unexpected nonetheless. And so, yeah, I, I went home and it was interesting because it, and obviously, okay, I went home to California at the time. And so it was, you know, California was really shut down in 2020 yes. for a good portion of it. And it was hard. It was pretty hard because I was used to talking to people. And even if it's not in person at the time, you know, towards the end of my mission, but over the phone, you know, you're, you're calling people, you're texting people all, all the time. And that transition was really hard because California was really shut down. Most of my friends were up at BYU, Idaho. It was the summer. BYU, Idaho was even shut down. So I couldn't go up there and take classes. And so I was just like, well, what can I do? You know, what, what can I do? Well, I can do what I did to find my why I could do some soul searching, try to figure out what exactly, you know, what career path I want to take, what I want more or less. I mean, okay. What I want my, my life to look like is, is another story. You know, you got to figure out what you have your plan. You have God has his plan and you got to figure out <laughs> yes how to, how to have your plan be flexible enough. But anyways, so I, I really, just did some soul searching, did a lot of studying, did a lot of just learning all I can. And I, and I started working with, with my family with my dad in HVAC and just learning the business side of things, you know, what in different profit margins and all that stuff. And, and I really, it helps me stay busy because I, I feel like a lot of times what's hard after the mission is not staying busy or not having enough to do, at least it can be. And so for me, that really helped but it was still hard. It was still really hard. And eventually we moved up to Idaho just later that year, later in 2020. And we, yeah, I think I was, at that point I, I had kind of decided I wanted to write or I wanted to start a podcast, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure what it was going to be about. Okay. And, and yeah, I was just doing a personal study one day. And just had this impression to 
essentially just to create a platform where people can share their story, whether that's preparing for a mission or of returning home from a mission and how their why changed. And yeah, that's kind of how the the call to serve podcast came about just a, a prompting and, you know, did up a, a little logo or something, which is, which was the initial logo was different than what it is now. Obviously yes. a lot of things are different, but, but it's just funny how, you know, how things started <laughs> and then where they're at now and looking back, you know, connecting those dots, like, like Steve Jobs said, you know, you can like connect the dots looking back. Yeah. And you can just, I can just see essentially where, where God kind of nudged me on or helped me, you know, carried me in some, in some areas to, to just grow. Yeah. Oh, that is so neat. Um, well, I mean, now's a great time. So where's the best place to listen to your podcast? So uh, best place, pretty much either, you know, Spotify podcast or just Apple podcast. Those are the two most common platforms people listen on, but it's available pretty much wherever you can get your podcasts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I encourage everyone to go out there and subscribe to the podcast. It's, it's a, it's a good one. And it's fantastic to just hear those different mission experiences and of people kind of a, the, I don't know if it's your catchphrase or something, but really just of finding your why, mm-hmm. what is your why? And I think that's, that's valuable for pre-missionaries, missionaries, post-missionaries, young parents, new parents, no parents, life, going to college. I mean, everything. You have to mm-hmm. know your why. And I think that your why can change in different chapters of your life. I mean, you have your eternal why, but you also have your, like, what's my why for this month? What's what's my why for this semester? What's my why for whatever? So I really like that. Yeah. Um, tell me about your book. So when did the book come to pass? So the book, I like to think of the book as just like, the podcast 2.0 okay <laughs> in a sense because it wasn't until i had chatted with so many people from really across the world just about their experience with sharing the gospel in one form or another and yeah it wasn't i didn't i didn't really start on it until probably about a year or so in after starting the podcast and i that's when i started on it and just i don't know you know, it's hard, it's hard to, to really pinpoint exactly what, but it, so it was actually my second book that I published. The first one was more of a self-help business finance type book. Okay. But, and I think that one really paved the way, you know, I made, I made all the mistakes on that one. Yes. So, so that this one could be that much better. And, uh, and I know God definitely wanted that to be the case. Okay. But, but yeah, it's really just a compilation of things that I've learned from people, whether that's through my, throughout my mission, throughout, you know, before the mission, but also throughout this, the interviews on the podcast. And it's a three-part book. So there's before the mission, during the mission and after the mission. And then there's some, some real life stories and examples at the end. But yeah, it's really just a compilation of wisdom that I'd like to say is my own, but you know, it's really just collected from sources. Yeah. Okay, very nice. Uh, where can we get the book? Uh, just on Amazon. Amazon? Yeah, okay. That's the best place. Uh, finding Your Why. Is that true? Yep. Okay, fantastic. Um, as we wrap up here, t- 
tell me how your relationship with the Savior has changed through all of these experiences. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing, just with all these experiences, is there's been a lot of things that have changed. You know, I, I've gone from just getting back off the mission, not knowing really what I want to do, to you know, I've written a couple books, podcast host, helping run a couple businesses. The one thing that has stayed the same, but also changed in some ways, but it's just Christ. You know, he's always there. He's always been there. And even when I've stepped off, you know, not, not nothing crazy, but you know, we all step off mm -hmm, here mm -hmm. and there. And it's like that, that saying goes, you know, you, you have, you want to cross the path as many times as you can, you know, just yeah. stay on as much as you can, but like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to get off, but just get back on. And, and he's always been there, you know, for me, it just means a lot that, that through the good, the bad, the ugly, he's there. He's been there. He's always, he's always been there. And, and it's just my ability to recognize his hand and to, to reach out, reach up to him. And, but, but for me, it's, yeah, the biggest thing of me just that I've learned and what's helped me grow closer to him is just, he's just always there. He's just awesome. And, and he's the perfect balance, the perfect balance of everything, you know, the perfect balance of, you know, he's, he, he corrects you when you need it in a sense. And, but he also, he loves you just enough to know that that correction's not, doesn't need to be permanent necessarily, but that, you know, he's, he's got expectations for you and yeah, just the perfect balance of everything. You know, it's hard to really put it into words for me, but, but he's just everything I want to be. And for me, it's in a sense, it's just constantly trying to change to be more like him and change is just another word for repentance. So. Sure. Well, thank you again, Nate, for sharing your story with us, for spending some time here and uh, really for what you're doing of putting out this podcast and books and things like that to try to make the world a better place. Really appreciate it. <laughs>